Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast, a podcast created to have nuanced discussions with complex people on a range of topics from the socio-political climate to self-care and Black excellence. I'm your host, Sheena, and I want to welcome you to our show. Get ready and get engaged. We're going to discuss what it means to be beautifully complicated. In today's episode of Beautifully Complicated, we're talking about a lot of things, so govern yourselves accordingly. First up in our What's Happening Now segment, we're talking about the diversity and wins at the Oscars, including the Best Picture flow, the rap beef between Remy Ma and Nicki Minaj, and the St. Louis mayoral primary race, and Black male hypermasculinity. For the self-care segment, it's time to talk about simple ways to find your peace amongst the chaos. We all can use it nowadays. Finally, in Black Excellence, I'm talking about an amazing woman who has been making great strides in the filmmaking industry, none other than the wonderful Ava DuVernier. So grab your tea and let's talk. So in today's episode, we have our first friend host, my brother, my older brother, Mario, who is a mover and shaker on the St. Louis scene. Hey, Mario. Hey, Shana. I'm excited to be here on your show. Being your fetish guest is definitely an honor. <laughs> well, <laughs> you say that now. <laughs> so right. we had a few things we're going to cover today. Um, I asked you to be on the show today because of what all happened with the St. Louis mayoral primary campaign that we just had on Tuesday. Jesus. I mean, there was... Um, a lot to talk about there and yes. to get your viewpoints as a man here in St. Louis and uh, what your thoughts were about the outcome of that and how that could have been avoided. But we got a few other topics we're going to talk about first. Uh, we're going to start off talking a little bit about the uh, Oscars because I haven't had a chance to talk about that yet since my last episode. It had aired a couple weeks ago and I wanted to just get your ideas or thoughts about the diversity, especially after the hashtag Oscars so white that we had last year. Oh, so, wow. so what do you think about what happened this year? We had, who do we have? Um, 
Uh, we had a few winners. Mahershala Ali winning yes. for Best Supporting Actor. We had Viola Davis winning for Best Supporting Amazing Actress in her work on the Amazing. on Fences. Yes. And that Oscars flub that is now probably epic. What's your thoughts? Well, my thought is they really thought that they weren't going to win, pretty much. And I think we've had that issue for years now in film and music and the fact that they called out the wrong name but blamed it on the cue card when they knew already from the start that they won. What's, what's crazy, it was as big as... Um, What's his name? Uh, Yes. No, the um, Steve Harvey. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Steve Harvey and the Miss Miss Universe. Universe. Yes. Yeah. So I just, I'm I'm in a a space right now where I feel that the due respect for just the work that's put in by the African-American or just the the, the diversity of people just isn't being recognized. And it's like a slap in the face at this point. It really is. I agree. I think that the fact that we had more diversity in the nominees this year is probably related to the fact um, that there was so much outrage last year with Oscars so white on Twitter and some some actors and actresses deciding not to attend the show last year. And even um, Chris Rock alluding to it as he was hosting last year, you know, with everything that was going on. So I think that was one of the reasons why we saw so much more, so many more people that were nominated in film, black film films that were nominated, even in the documentary segment, yes. uh, you, you had more black people being honored. So I think that really played a part in it. I think it did too, but I also think that they, they meaning the Academy tried to be smart because they didn't want to lose their viewers, nor that they want to lose the people coming. So yes, we'll nominate all these African-American films as well as other cultures outside of the Caucasian race so that we can look like we're making nice, mm-hmm. but then they don't win. Mm-hmm. The same way with Beyonce. Yes, at the, at the Grammys. Yes, yes. I talked about it in my last show. That was, I definitely think, another example yes. of how the academies or the institutions in Hollywood are still so focused on making sure a particular group of people win over others. They are not always looking at uh, the how a film or a music, a piece of music impacts a culture, which is what we definitely saw with Lemonade. Lemonade was heavily impactful, especially for black women that we just identify with the theme around it and the struggle and everything that comes with that piece of work that Beyonce did for it to have been shunned for album of the year. Yes. Um, for Adele's 25. I love Adele. Love her. Love her to death. Love, love, love Adele. I have, I have her albums. We bought them. So, uh, yes. <laughs> and so I support Adele and I think she is an amazing artist. But when I think about what really was um, at play in play at this particular awards show with mm-hmm. Lemonade, you had an experience that was yes. delivered through yes. music. It wasn't just a song. There was an experience that was provided. So I yes. think that it was kind of sad that Beyonce didn't get it. So you you kind of see how that could, of course, carry over into the Oscars. And, you know, with the major flub over the uh, film of the year, 
a movie picture of the year, whatever it's called, where uh, they call La La Land and everyone just assumed La La Land would win it. Correct. Even though it was Moonlight that wanted a a film based on a a gay man coming coming of age to learn about himself and how to accept himself in today's society. So thoughts? Well, we know it's an amazing movie. Um, it really depicts the journey that that African-American took from being an adolescent, going through being tortured and being picked on and talked about, growing into who he is as a person, the very essence of him. So it's it really gave a voice to a lot of young African-American males and also Caucasians because, you know, it's pretty similar across the board. So just the, the reach that it did for men in general, I think was great. But the way that the straight African-American man took it was quite insulting. Yeah, that was something that definitely was um, became kind of a hot point on Twitter a couple days ago where you had a lot of straight black men calling out the fact that, yes, it would take um, a movie about a gay black man or a movie about a, a thug or a drug dealer in the case of Training Day with Denzel Washington for the the movie industry to decide that those people mm-hmm. need to receive awards. And so they kind of cut themselves off and decide that those aren't their stories when those two are their stories as well, because right. every story deserves to be told just because you don't fit into that mode doesn't mean it's not affecting you in Correct. some way. But, you know, this is just this how our cis het black men are operating. Some of them, not all. Some. Some, not all. But we definitely are going to talk more about that when we talk about the St. Louis mayoral primary because that was... <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was hyper-masculinity of the black male on full display. Unfortunately. It's quite sad. We will talk about that shortly. So any other thoughts about the Oscars or... Uh, Moonlight versus La La Land, Fences, Hidden Figures, the problem with people not being able to differentiate between Fences and Hidden Figures. <laughs> I find that to be a problem. I really do. I just feel like that that right there was another slap in the face because for you to present or even speak about a film and not know the difference between the two films is you saying it's not that important for me to even know the title of the film. Mm-hmm. And I have an issue with that. Even if you laughed it off nervously, you meant what you meant and how you said it, mm-hmm. pretty much. Subconsciously. Yes. Yeah. So it's this inferiority is a subconscious inferiority in your mind. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know really what else really can be said about all that happened in Hollywood and that Oscars flub. I just really wanted to get that out there because I hadn't had a chance to talk about it yet on Beautifully Complicated. So thanks for giving me your ideas and thoughts on that. And uh, (laughs) and we'll see what happens next year. You know, maybe they'll revert back to being Oscars. So who knows at this point? You know, at this point, I'd rather them be who they are, honestly, (laughs) than to fake it. I think I like the idea of <laughs> black people being honored for their I love work. it. I love it. I love it. But do it genuinely and do it because the work is great. You know, talking about movies, get out. Oh, Jesus. So I, I really <laughs> am hoping we see that at the Oscars amazing, next year. Amazing, amazing. Because that movie was so layered. It was beautifully yes. complicated. It definitely was beautifully complicated. <laughs> it was so layered. And, and just 
it, my goodness, I can't even find the words. It was just absolutely amazing, right? How they played on those microaggressions of race yes. and racism and how even the most liberal white person still shows signs of racism and they don't even see it and know it, right? Yeah, because they're just microaggressions, right? Yes. So even when the dad in the film was talking about how he can't stand deers and it, it go back to that, the thought of the early night, uh, to the early 1900s, when they talk about the big black buck, yes. as yep. when they talked about black men, and that was a play on that, right? Yes, and was. so you had these different parts where there was like these little subtle plays mm-hmm. on the different racist mm-hmm. things, elements of society. So, what are your thoughts on Get Out? We saw it. We <laughs> we saw it. It was amazing. We were left speechless. I just love those type of movies that actually display what your parents are trying to teach you when it comes to racism and telling you, you know, just really be yourself, really be embracing other races. But notice what's going on when people are saying little subtle drops of things like homeboy and bro. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just be who you are as the opposite race, but respect who I am and greet me like you would greet your friend. Greet me right. like you would greet the next person. Right. Just don't, be you don't yourself. have to have a special uh, greeting for me. Right. It's just be <laughs> yourself. That's just as simple as that. But, you know, that, that movie definitely showed you didn't have that happening. It was those simple little microaggressions that we all experience all the time from the most liberal white person yes. who would, of course, always say... I would have voted for Barack Obama a third term if I had the chance. You know, that's, a, again, a microaggression. That's that's the new age. I have a black friend. That's yes. a, that's a, just the new version of that and that we are witnessing. It's, it's something, it's quite amazing. But that movie, insane, terrifying because of that. Yes, yes. <laughs> you I know? was scared. I was scared at most points. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite scary, but a beautiful movie. It's just just speaking on how a lot of our African-American men get brainwashed and not realize they're really getting pulled into something that they don't want to be a part of. But because they want to experience something different, they allow themselves to give up who they are. Mm-hmm. So we, we also have to speak to the other side of them just really giving up who they are as African-American men. Absolutely. And understanding their own place in, uh, in society and how they shouldn't have to have someone else validate them. Yes. I mean, I'm not against interracial dating. I think it's Never a great thing, it. you know. Love you, who you love. Love who you love. Exactly. You know, be with who you want to be with. There's no problem with that. But I think shutting out a particular uh, group of women, such as shutting out black women, because you have developed these ideas and stereotypes in your head as to who black women are, is a problem. Definitely and uh, a that problem. is some one thing that is that is at play for some black men. Not all, not most. Right. Just a few black men do have these stereotypes that they've developed themselves of how they see black women and why they can't date them. But this movie really went beyond just dating. in a relationship. Yes. Yeah. Like interracial dating, it really just that play on racism all around was just crazy to me. And just the little small things like her eating that cereal, Rose eating the cereal and the milk separate. You got the colored Fruit Loops opposite the white white milk. Right. And to see that in play, like Mm -hmm. that that separation of the races still being. And also um, with the young lady that was the maid. What was her name? Georgina. Georgina. How she was, even though she was brainwashed or however they wanted to display it, how she was just told that everything was okay and everything was all right. 
but the in her inner person knew that everything wasn't all, all right. So she cried from the inside out, mm-hmm. knowing she was lying to him that everything is okay. And that's that kind of showed a mirror of us as African Americans today, how we'll still just go through life saying everything is okay, but we're actually screaming in the inside and crying and depressed because we're trying to put up with what America is dishing out to Absolutely. Us. That was the whole premise of the sunken place, right? Yes. So the sunken place is how we feel, how we are being lost. Like we can see everything that's going on around us. We can experience it, but there's so much of us that we aren't allowed to display outwardly because yes. of other people's feelings or thoughts about it. So we just have to endure. We have to endure when racial things are happening against us. We have to just endure through it. There's that feeling of helplessness, right? And so that's what you saw with Georgina. And that's yes. what you saw with our main character. Why can't I remember his name right now? I can't either, but he did a good job. He reminds me so much of um, the Cosby show, Rudy. Oh, but she, the guy she called Bud. Yeah, Bud, yeah. Bud. Yeah, Bud. He looked just like Bud. I thought there was Bud. It wasn't Bud. That was him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different actor. Definitely thought it was Bud. Yeah, that was floating around Twitter as well. I saw that. <laughs> Where people I were saying, well, if this is the person, is this him? Blah, blah, blah. Chris. His name was Chris. Chris. Yes. Yeah. So Chris definitely, yeah, like seeing him going to that sunken place and not being able to come out. And it was been in a sunken place also, but I, I also noticed how when they showed his history about his mom dying mm-hmm. and, and then how he didn't really have family for real. And then when he met the young lady, how he fell in love with her and she was his everything. So that whole love thing, that connection, he was drawn to it, but he, he didn't know that he was being tricked in the background. So mm-hmm. it's also a lot to do with a lot of African-American men that are lost mm-hmm. and don't have anyone or, or have that place of brokenness that they're trying to feel when they actually need to just fill it themselves with God. And I think that's mm-hmm. what one of the problems was because he wanted to be, like you said, validated mm-hmm. and feeling like a relationship was going to fill that boy would actually, when the mother hypnotized him, he saw that that wasn't what's going to fill him. He was trying to leave her at one point. Yeah, yeah. Because he realized that that's not what's what's going to validate me. That's not going to fill me. When she hypnotized him, he noticed that, but she didn't allow him to leave her because she was able to still speak to that broken person. Absolutely. So. Yeah, such a, it's such a layered film again. It's layered. It's so much. And there's so much there. I think I may need to see it again Again, to really, because there, I feel that there are things I may have missed because you were watching the storyline develop. I feel that there are still some subtleties there that we probably missed. I know I probably did at least. So I can see why some people have seen it multiple times. And I think that's something I probably need to do it as well. All right. So moving on from the Oscars and Get Out and all the movie stuff in Hollywood. Let's talk about something else that happened in Hollywood this past couple of weeks. And that is the now notorious rap beef between Remy Ma and Nicki Minaj. It came out of nowhere. It did come out of nowhere. I, I mean, R- Nicki came out with her little song out with uh, Gucci Mane. Yeah, Gucci Mane. <laughs> and on Friday, then on Saturday, basically Remy Ma released Sheether. Yes, Sheether. Sheether over the Ether beat from Nas. Meanwhile, we love Nas and Ether. Yes, Ether was freaking phenomenal, right? So she I came suppose. out over the Ether beat, which you would think Nikki coming back, she'll come back on the takeover beat because why not? That. Why not? Right? Might as well. Yeah, hey, just go on ahead. But Nikki, for Remy's Sheether, very. Raw. Very raw. Very personal. 
Very personal. Kind of a little bit too personal. Too personal because when it got that personal with Biggie and Pac, they both wound up dead. Yeah, I think it, it cut a little bit too deep. I think it was very raw. Um, I believe there's a lot of emotion in play there. It's kind of how I saw it. Yeah, she was quite upset, I think, because Nikki said she's renting her house or something to that effect in that song with Gucci Mane. I guess so. Uh, I haven't heard the song. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, I, don't, yeah. I love hip hop. I don't listen to a lot of those. I don't listen to a lot of Because I, I was confused. <laughs> I was thinking to myself as I heard the Nikki song and then I heard Sheether and I was like well Remy she really didn't really say too much too bad you know it was just like Remy kind of knew that there was an opportunity to get more attention mm-hmm. which she got it mm-hmm. and I understand that it's entertainment and you need to do what you need to do to, do, to have record sales mm-hmm. so you take an opportunity just like Red Lobster should have took the opportunity when Beyonce said something about some biscuits and Red Lobster right but Red Lobster they, they, they didn't you know, right. they lost out quickly mm-hmm. but her response I think was, was really personal and I think she shouldn't have went that deep and that's why the song is now she can't perform it um, Nah, I said no. You can't perform it, but we'll sell it on iTunes. It's been pulled off of SoundCloud. Well, yeah, it's sell for the Ether beat. And she is not allowed to perform it at any venue at all. Period. I can believe that because it's on the Ether beat. Like she'd have to pay Nas for that beat. Yes. So Nas shut it down, and that's why she hasn't said anything else about it since. Yeah. See, I didn't know that part. I hadn't yes. really paid attention to that part that was going on, but I can understand why that definitely would be a trademark or copyright infringement. Well. Nikki tweeted out a subtweet earlier yesterday saying Nas, nah. So Nas saying pretty much no, mm-hmm. Remy can't do it. So she tweeted that, but then she snatched it down. So it was a quick situation. But me and Sheena's really good with Twitter, so we pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she removed it quickly. It had like 300 likes, so you know she like removed it quickly. Of but course. of course, squ- screenshot is screenshots, amazing. Screenshots, yeah. Save everything. But Everybody yeah, screenshots. So apparently what the blogs were saying was that Nikki called up Nas and was like, hey, you need to do something about this. Of course, Nas and Nikki are really good friends. So Nas made a phone call to Remy and was like, you know what? You can't perform it. Mm. We're pulling it from SoundCloud, but we'll sell it on on iTunes because I'll make those coins. Mm -hmm. But you can never perform it ever again, period. Kind of like how they did Lauren Hill with her music. Mm -hmm. So you have that and then... Of course, Nikki responds last night. Of course, me and Sheena didn't know until right. today. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter when I got up this morning. I saw that uh, she wasn't trended. She didn't trend at all. Which was interesting. But Shocking. I did see some people starting to talk about it. So that's when I realized this new song that she released. She released three songs, right? So the one that was apparently directed at Remy Ma was called No Fraud. And uh, as I've looked at some of the lyrics. Right. Uh, on what was out there. A lot of people have been talking about it. I think there's a general consensus that it needs to just end right here. Yes. This rap battle. Yes, uh, I know Remy Ma said that she was done with it. She did. She said she was done before Nikki even released her comeback. So this is about to be interesting again. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope Remy is done. But just looking so. at some of these lyrics from what from what uh, Nikki said, which I won't really repeat some of them because they are pretty graphic. (laughs) (laughs) But she talks about, you know, does Ruby Ma have a ghostwriter? You expose your ghostwriter, now you wish you were scrapped. 
referring to her not knowing her lyrics at the last concert she did when she tried to perform a sheet there. She didn't. She just was singing the hook. Well, there's not a hook. Well, just a word or two. Right. Well, I don't know how you would know if you didn't write it. Like if you didn't. But what if you didn't write it at all? If you just got in the booth and just said it. Just said it and let it flow. And that's another thing. Because that is always possible. Like that's what you see with battle rappers. They can't repeat what they said the first time around. It's funny you say battle rappers, too, because Nikki's not a battle rapper. So that's why I think she was slow to respond, even though she was being strategic about it. Yeah. But she is not a in the streets unless you go back to Nikki, 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 that mm-hmm. we first heard back in the day. But Nikki is not a battle rapper. Remy Ma is from the streets. Remy Ma is a Lakim, pretty much, all right. grown up. Mm-hmm. So I think her response was really strategic. So she did it in a way to be quote-unquote classy and wait out the whole drama thing to let people know that, hey, let me come back even though her song is three or four weeks old Mm. and I'm late, but I'm the queen of rap. Right. Which I just kind of think about that a little bit, about her being the queen of rap. No, I don't think that's the case. I just think, you know, I I believe that she's the most popular female rapper right now. The problem though is, so this is what it comes down to is that it seems like there can only be one female rapper at a time. Whereas we can have multiple Multiple. male rappers. And so we only allow ourselves apparently to only have room for one female rapper. I think that's a problem in the industry. That's a problem problem in the culture that we feel that we can only have one female rapper at the top and everybody else has to just wait their turn where we can also celebrate Remy Ma, we can celebrate, you know, mm-hmm. just like when Look Kim was out, we had Kim and Foxy Brown, like there were multiple rappers at one time, but right now it seems like we've just been, everybody's just been focusing on Nikki, like she's the only female rapper and there's so many amazing hip hop rappers it out is. there, right? Like one of my favorites, Jean Grey. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't understand that whole phenomenon right there. I think that right there is just the patriarchy at work. And and it makes no sense because we had Talk Pepper, we had Queen Latifah, MC Light, like all of them were out at the same same time. time, And they all were making their music in their lane and it wasn't a beef between MC Mm -hmm. Light and Queen Latifah. Mm -hmm. They were all uplifting one another and, and really running out their lane and being successful at the same time. Right, kind of like how the male artists are doing now. Yes, but I think that they created this space of beefing to actually garner more success because their originality maybe is not as big or their creativity level probably has reached a peak to where they need to use that tactic. Because if you notice with Drake and Meek Mills, Drake is more creative than Meek Mills, but Meek Mills started it. So it's kind of like, why did Meek Mills start this beef with Drake, which is an amazing artist, even though he has one style of rap. But like Drake's like, I wasn't even bothering nobody. Mm -hmm. I was minding my business. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a tactic, I think, that a lot of artists use that just have ran out of ideas on being creative. Mm. Because we didn't see it back in the day. Well, no. Run DMC wasn't going after I the think Lynch it's, mob. I think it's almost an ode to battle rapping on the streets. Yes. But, that they, but they used mainstream music is not battle rapping. Mainstream music is not battle rapping. It right. only happens when there's like a legitimate uh, beef. beef. Exactly. That's when you get those uh, the rap beefs coming up. Because otherwise, you didn't have them. I mean, 
Jay-Z and Nas actually had an issue with one another. They had an issue with one another, maybe <laughs> mothers, back of a Jeep, a van, yeah, something had some happened. Yeah, cars involved. So, because I, um, I think that came from a conversation that somebody said something about somebody in reference to with a conversation with a friend and got back to Nas. And then Nas said, you know what, Ether is coming out and that's what it's going to be. Right, we got takeovers. <laughs> so, and now they're friends. Now, now they're they friends. can be on the same song and it's no big deal because Question. that means nothing to them. Question is, can Remy and Nikki be friends after this? I think Remy could. I don't think Nikki would. I don't yeah. think Nikki would. I, I think, think would. Nikki. Because she still didn't mend the bridges with her and Luke Kim. No, and she, I, I don't know why. She's not going to. And I don't know what that's all about. Like, when you have a bat, a beef with somebody who is literally beloved by the hip hop community, people that work in the industry have always loved mm-hmm. Luke Kim. So you can see that maybe that's not Kim that's the one that's behind this. Pettiness. It's not. I almost feel like Nikki is very petty. I think think she's extra petty. She played a role in it because from what I saw when uh, Kim interviewed on The Breakfast Club, she was really really explaining how her and Nikki was rocking and how they were going to do music together. But the men involved caused the Mm -hmm. split. I can believe that. Lil Wayne... Birdman and all of those told Nikki that there wasn't no room for the both of them. And this is coming out of Lil' Kim's mouth. And she said, I wanted to do work. She said, we actually got a song. We were working on together. But Lil Wayne and Birdman, they all caused a split between the two and filled Nikki's head about her being the queen of rap and she was better than Lil' Kim and all mm-hmm. those other crazy stuff. Because Lil' Kim had even asked, um, no, Nikki was supposed to be Lil' Kim's um, Godmother for her daughter, mm-hmm. and because you know Nikki would throw that around, where she was asking me to be the godmother of her daughter, so it was like it was the men that were involved, mm-hmm. just like the mayoral debate. Right. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk yeah. about that while we're here. We might as well jump on into mm-hmm. that. So we had this. So we're in St. Louis, Missouri, and we had this uh, interesting go cards. Yeah, go cards. We go had blues. this interest. Go blues. We had this interesting. <laughs> Uh, mayoral primary that just went down on Tuesday and it has definitely gotten a lot of talk out there generated because it was basically a black woman Tashara Jones up against uh, a few black men. Yes, Jeffrey Boyd. Yeah, Jeffrey Boyd, Antonio French, and Louis Reed. And then she's up against um, a white lady Lida Cruson and some other guy, Jimmy Matthews. We don't know who Jimmy is. Yes, totally but, you know, Jimmy was also in there. But anyway, the problem really is Tashara versus the black man. Yes. Right? So there were three black men. Jeffrey Boyd, Antonio French, Louis Reed. Three black men running against this other black woman, all to become the Democratic nominee for the St. Louis mayoral campaign yes. that's going down next month. And Tashara was the most qualified person. Most qualified Tashara is currently the treasurer for the city. Yes. And uh, obviously have had a a long career in politics. She had great ideas. She was the most progressive candidate. Then we had, of course, uh, Louis Reed, who worked with the actual current mayor of St. Louis for a while. He's run a couple times for mayor, I'm guessing. And uh, he also was out there. Yes. And then Antonio French, who gained popularity because of the Ferguson protests and the um, what all happened in 2014 after Mike Brown's killing. Yes. And then Jeffrey Boyd, we don't know much about him. He's something different. Yeah, so he's out there too. But anyway, so 
anytime you have a campaign coming up and you have multiple people that want to run for a particular position, normally the groups will come together. They'll decide who will be the best candidate to be on the ballot that everybody can support instead of splitting the vote. Right. So the white folks did that for the for all the Democratic side. Lida Cruzan, Sam Dotson, the mayor, the who was the police chief of St. Louis City, who definitely should never be mayor of St. Louis City ever, ever. He is racist. But, you know, there are there were a few of them and they had a meeting got together and they decided, okay, we'll stick behind Lida Cruzan, who is the current older woman. Yes. Well, the black folks also had a meeting because there were several, there were other black people also that were running for this Democratic seat. Uh, we also had Jamila Nasheed, yes. who is a state representative for this area, who was also on the ballot. And uh, she stepped aside. They all had their meeting. All the black folks came together and decided we got, we have here a common agenda. Yes. It may not be exactly the same, but we have similar things that we want to focus on. And so they discussed, maybe we all, maybe we should see who should be at the top of the ticket. Unfortunately, (laughs) only the women could come to a consensus and Jamila dropped out and said she would support Tashara because Tashara would be the best candidate. Which is true. Which is absolutely true. But the men wouldn't do it. Decided not to. So here we go. We have our, we have our cishet (laughs) Black men who refused to step down to give way to the most qualified candidate who has a similar agenda to them to help move St. Louis forward for all communities. All communities. All. All communities. Not just the black community, but all the communities. All communities. Bringing the city completely together for real and advancing the city the way it needs to advance. They couldn't do it. Well, of course they can do it. First of all, their pride. Secondly, what their fathers have taught them over generation after generation. And I'm meaning the straight black man, a percentage of them, not all, have always been taught to not bow down, not cry, not bend for any women, but particularly black women Mm -hmm. and black gay men. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, they put up a strong force and fortress against Mr. Shara, which I think is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have known coming up against her that they wouldn't win. The mm-hmm. numbers were showing. Period. Absolutely. It was quite obvious, even throughout the duration of the race leading up to that election day. Um, Louis Reed has been around for years. He's been up under slave for a, a couple of slaves. Um runs as being a mayor, mm-hmm. playing second fiddle to him. And he just figured that this would be his moment, you know, and it's not your moment. You've really literally been in there up under his agenda. So you have to think about that being up under Slay that has not changed St. Louis for the best, but pretty much made it go backwards. Absolutely. I mean, under Mayor Slay, we have had crime actually increase. Uh, the poverty has increased. You have seen uh, the school district lose accreditation and, of course, regain accreditation, but probably not because of his works. But there were a lot of things that have happened in St. Louis City that he is definitely um, should not be a proud of. That because that what we have experienced here in the city of St. Louis and with St. Louis being such a hotbed right now, 
because of everything that happened in Ferguson a couple of years ago. And there this energy right now around really mm-hmm. having someone more progressive who is thinking mm-hmm. about how these how different communities are being impacted by the police force and uh, how they're being impacted when it comes to what resources they have in their communities. We needed somebody with a different Mindset, And so, you know, I don't know much about Lewis Reed. I'm not going to sit here and just completely trash him because I don't know much about him. But I will say that I did not get the feeling that he was as progressive as he needed to be. When I looked at the different agendas, I definitely thought Tashara was the most progressive and probably had the best ideas of how to move St. Louis forward in a positive way that would have had greatly impacted all communities. But here's what really was at play here. It was, again, this the struggle for some straight black men to to even believe and understand that a black woman could do the job. They always feel right. that it has to be the black man that does the job. They they just don't feel comfortable with that with giving any power to anybody that's not a cishet black male. And so they would rather all of them lose Bang. and and Lida yeah. become the person yeah. for the Democratic primary. Instead of them getting behind one black person, the most qualified black person, and lifting her up, that says a lot, really. It says a whole lot, because my thing is, what is going through your mind? Did you ever think about what if you did not win Mm -hmm. as the mayoral candidate, as a black man? If you didn't win that position, then, of course, there's three other African-Americans on the ballot, on the Mm -hmm. ticket. And of course, the the votes will be split. Splitting the votes. So Mm -hmm. you're opening the door for Lida Crusen, which we're not going to talk trash about Lida because we really don't know her. But she's done some things that were not acceptable. No, I mean, for goodness sake, she has been endorsed by the St. Louis Police Union. It tells a lot. So it says a lot right there. Yeah. Right. right The St. Louis Police Union that really needs a lot of help. A lot of help. And that is headed up by a known racist. Yes. And so, no, no. So the thing is, what what are you thinking in the act of what if I don't make it? So now you're putting all the people at stake to be subject to Lyle Crusin and whomever else that's attached to her. Mm. For you to be that selfish, to not stand behind one person that's qualified and and be a part of that administration yes, and be a part of that administration and, let, and help it grow which i would think that it should have been uh, the meeting was had but just they should have just known i, I just feel like the selfishness and, and just, yeah, it's that thirst for power that thirst for power and that you're a man so you can't be uh defeated by a woman mm-hmm. a black woman a black woman but you still lost to her yeah as well as a, a white woman so yeah. what do you think of yourself now yeah so let's talk a little bit about the numbers here okay we got Lida Cruzen uh had gotten 17,110 votes uh, that was 32 percent of the vote Tashara got 16,222 votes that was 30.4 percent of the vote there was 888 votes that separated. that separated Tashara and Lida so with 889 votes Tashara could have won let's talk about the other votes right yes. so who came in third place Lewis Reed 9,775 votes with 18.3 percent uh, then we had Antonio French with 8,460 votes with 15.8%. And Jeffrey Boyd um, finally coming in at 1,429 votes with 2.7%. Easily, she could have won Easily. if they just had gotten behind the one candidate. Even if, Easily. Even if Jeffrey would have dropped out. 
those 1,400 votes would have put her where she needed to be. But it could have been a landslide if they all would have just yeah, got Yeah, it would have been period. a landslide. And it wouldn't have been no question if she would be able to beat Andrew, which is the Republican. Right, because this is a Democratic city. Yes. So it's just, it's, it's sad that the systemics of a African-American man, not all, not but all. Some. We have to keep saying that because we have get those, so many we get those people say it's not all black men. Right, have so many hangups when it comes to black women, women gay black men. Yes. They have a problem with have that, problems. and we can talk about a little bit how that whole phenomenon really was seen inside the Black Lives Matter movement when it first yes. became a you know something that was going on. A lot of black straight men, some black straight some. men were very irritated by the fact that Duray McKesson was a voice for the movement. He was not a leader or anything like that. There is no leader of this movement, right. but he was a, one of the voices. So he, uh, he had the ability to do a lot of interviews. And as a gay black man, mm-hmm. they didn't like that very much. I like it at all. You know, they saw black women and gay black men as the people that were the mouthpieces of the movement. Thing is, those are the people that have always led the movement. Always. And unfortunately, they don't know their history to understand that. They always see Michael, they see Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. was just mm-hmm. a voice. Yes. Because he was given that official of title because that he was the most palpable to the people. Yes. Right? They can they can handle a black man mm-hmm. that is a minister, that mm-hmm. is a great speaker in front of them. They couldn't handle a black woman in front of them. They couldn't handle a great black man even with uh uh, with Bayard Rustin being the person who was like the organizer mm-hmm. of the of the March on Washington. You didn't get those voices. Yeah, many people didn't even know. Right? So <laughs> you have these black women and gay black men who have really been the, the feet of the movement and the, and the voice of the movement but people don't want to black straight straight black men some straight black men Stop. just really struggle with that and that, that speaks to that uh, that need for being in a certain place mm-hmm. and at the top like you have to be the apex for a, a conversation it almost reminds me of neo-nazi and being the perfect alpha male mm-hmm. and how Hitler was looking for that and feeling that that dominant person, that dominant gene was what needs to run and rule over all because that's the perfected man. Mm-hmm. In the mirror of that, black, some black straight men have that same mentality, if you can compare the two, mm-hmm. to wanting to be the perfected black male that everyone underneath them being the black woman, the gay black man, the gay black woman, or just beneath them and don't need to stand or walk shoulder to shoulder with them. Mm-hmm. So. That's an issue that they'll never see or never try to address because they don't see it because it's who they are, which is sad. Absolutely. It's very sad. And then the woe is me. Uh, the, the white man got me down. All this other extra foolishness. No one has you down. You have yourself down. Mm-hmm. And it's not to systemic racism and uh, institutionalized racism, but absolutely. You can you still are the master of your own fate. Definitely are. You can still figure out a way to make things happen mm-hmm. for yourself if you choose yes. to go about it the right way. And a lot of black people have done that. So I don't understand how you are the person that the black man, the white man got down. I don't I don't, I don't understand it because we're all in a struggle. We are all in the struggle. The struggle we all real. are experiencing institutionalized racism. And so I don't understand uh, really where this mindset is coming from. But I know that was that 
seemed like that could have been at play in some way when it, it came was. to this mayoral it primary. Was. It, it was. It really was. Yeah. Because the energy, I was at the party, the watch party, Tashara's watch party. Mm-hmm. The energy that was in the room was amazing. It was diverse. Mm-hmm. It was African-Americans. It was Caucasians. It was gays. It was lesbians. It was Muslims. It, the, the connection and the, the reach that she did across the aisles, per se, was amazing. And it showed in the numbers. I mean, she, she was at a, what, five to one or four to one difference? Well, she was mm-hmm. up against three black men. Three black men. And, and one, one Caucasian. So just losing by 800 plus votes goes to show who the true mayor should be. Absolutely. And it's just, it's sad because the other agendas were not trying to pull together such a diverse collection of people, Mm. which is who we are as Americans. And people need to get over that and accept that because we can't move forward if everyone's going to continue to think that this group of people or this set of people is the one that needs to be leading everything and doing everything. So I think with that being said, we, we won't get ahead until... African-American men, some, accepted. Caucasian white Republicans, accepted. Mm-hmm. And we all work together for real, for real, as they would say in the hood. Right, for real, for real. Because <laughs> it, it needs to be done. I think that it, we have gotten to a place now that we are an exceptionally diverse nation. And we are, St. Louis City is extremely diverse. It's not... Yes. Black and white, you know, we have all types of people that live here. And again, we all are very complicated beings, right? So you're not just your skin color. You're also your faith. You're also, you know, your relationship status. You're also your parental status. You're also your sexuality. Like all these different things impact you in some way. And so we need to see that diversity and that layered complexity really sitting inside of these public offices so that we can are making sure all these agendas are being met because we're all just trying to get free. Pretty much. Right. So that's what it all comes down to is I've been reading my wonderful book from my from uh, Angela Davis uh, as she talks about the freedom struggle. I can uh, I finally get the whole idea is really with all the different movements, with everything mm-hmm. that's happened across the globe. It's all about freedom and everybody yes, just getting free. And once we begin to understand that, I think that's when we'll begin to see people move forward. But yes. as long as we continue to silo ourselves and think that I only got to focus on my issue right here that impacts me and I'm not going to focus in on how this impacts you as a a Mexican person who is maybe undocumented then I'm not seeing why you desire your freedom I'm only seeing why I desire freedom and so we have to I think start looking beyond that and I think, again, that was shown that that's something that is difficult for some people to do when we look at what happened with this mayoral primary I would love to sit down and just ask the question why I'm sure they'll say because I felt I should have I was the best person for the job. And then the next question would be, why did you feel that? Because I have this great agenda. But where did you get this agenda from? <laughs> that you can, as they asked uh, the people with Donald Trump, did you guys meet with your constituents? Right. You know, right. What's, what's going on with that? Right. But they can't answer that. It's just, it's just sad. It saddens me. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see if maybe people decide to like write her in or something. I don't I know. I mean, that would be historic. That would be interesting if people decide to vote, to, to not vote for Lida, but instead to write right. in the candidate the right that they want to, to see. O. Jones. I think that would be historic. I think that would be interesting or write in whoever it is that you want but you know definitely could be interesting if we saw that 
that change in the game? I think I think something like that is going to happen. I do honestly believe that something historic is going to take place that's going to cause a holdup with the mayor being put into place because, of course, the governor is Republican, correct? Yes. And no, he's Democratic. He, oh, yes, we have a Republican governor. Yes, you now. do. Yeah. So, you know, he's the one that operates the special election situation. So he can hold up the election process, period, if that happens, mm-hmm. which then would probably elongate slay at, at being in office until they figure out what they're going to do. But it, it's, it's going to be interesting April 4th. And I yeah. know a lot of my friends that I know are going to write in and not vote lighter. Yeah. So it's and I, be think, quite I think we'll see so quite a few people to probably look at the option of writing. It's, just, it's been done in Detroit. Yes. So, you know, you just you just never know what people decide to do. I mean, if you want to vote lighter, there you go. There if you, you want go. to vote the Republican candidate, I don't really Andrew. know. Andrew Jones, I think it That's is. Nice. You can vote for him. I mean, there it's it's going to be interesting. I'm, if I'm you want to write in to Shara. If you want to write in to Shara. Or Lewis Reed or, or Jeffrey, Jeffrey Boyd, or Antonio or Antonio French or yes. any other person that you think you have that a you choice one to. Yeah, you can write in whoever you want to write in. But I'm just saying this would be interesting to see how this turns out. I'm going to be watching the TV. I think we all will be watching. So stay tuned. Listeners of Beautifully Complicated will keep you in the know of what happens next when it comes to the St. Louis mayoral race. I'm sure that if something crazy happens, it will be on national news. It definitely will make it. I'm waiting for Rachel Maddow to report it. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you, Mario, for sitting in with me today for our What's Happening Now segment. Great. Thank you for having me. You and Chloe. Yeah, Chloe is here. Chloe's my dog. (laughs) So we are are here. Thank you for joining us in in as a friend host and um, giving us a little bit of your ideas and thoughts about the different topics from this mayoral primary to Nikki Remy B. God, it's been so much. The Oscars, Get Out, just all the different things we did. Beyonce and Lemonade. Yes, uh, and Adela 25. So we talked about a few things today, and I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, It's been great having you on the show. Stay tuned for our next segment where we talk about what you need to do to take care of yourself in our self-care segment. In today's self-care segment, we'll talk about simple ways to find your peace in the chaos. In times like these, it is difficult to find some form of peace. We are constantly being bombarded with news stories about the Trump administration, wars across the world, and then live in our own day-to-day lives. It seems like there is no way we can live in any kind of peace. I reject that notion and that mindset. We have to take care of ourselves in the midst of the chaos and find our happy, our joy. So I have five tips for the listener who is looking for a little peace in these turbulent times. Number one, doing what you love. Focus back in on what it is that you enjoy doing. That can be running in the park, going to museums, reading, spending time with friends or family, drawing, painting, Whatever it is that you used to love doing as a hobby, but life has gotten in the way and stops you from doing it, get back in it. Slowly start adding it back into your life. Even if it's just one day out of the week, you get to do this hobby. Do it anyway. Number two, shutting out negativity. This is more difficult than I like to say, but you have to find a way to starting to start shutting down those streams and people that bring nothing but negativity. You don't need, nor do you deserve that energy. This may require you doing a little curating of your friends lists on social media, 
getting rid of people that bring nothing but drama and headache, removing yourself from conversations that are draining, letting people know, hey, I don't want to talk about this today or I'm not interested in discussing this point further. Let's talk about something else. Sometimes you even have to tell people that you don't want to hear what's going on in their lives now because you just need a break for a moment. It's tough to say, but sometimes it needs to be said. Another thing you can do to limit the negativity is cut off the news and stop the notifications from coming to your phone. While you don't want to completely ignore what's going on, it's not a bad idea to take a few days out of the week to shut it out. Number three, do a little meditation. Now, if you don't already do meditation or have tried it before and failed in your mind, hear me out. Meditation is one of the best ways to clear your mind and find some peace. You may think that you don't have time for it, but you do. Five minutes here and there can be a great starter point. 20 minutes in the morning or after work, before bed, whenever, find some time, get still, breathe. And allow your mind to escape into a beautiful place. You don't have to shut off your brain. In fact, focusing on trying to do that will do nothing more than make you more anxious. So find a mindful meditation app and allow yourself to escape into the guided meditation to help center yourself. Some good ones that I use are Calm and Headspace. Get an app, find a quiet spot, zen out. It's for your own good. Number four, get active. Being active allows you to blow off a little steam and release any pinned up energy that you may have. Find a class to join, maybe kickboxing, do a run in the park. That has become one of my favorite things to do and I'm not a runner and never thought I would be. But doing it for leisure has really helped me find some peace. Join the gym and hit the weights. Find some activity that gets your body moving and makes you feel good to find some peace and joy. Number five, head out into nature. Okay, I know this one may have some of you looking at me with a side eye, but hear me out. Sometimes just sitting at a park by a stream can be a ridiculously peaceful and calming event. Grabbing a book and a blanket, sitting sitting down at a park can really work wonders. Trust me, you're getting vitamin D, plenty of oxygen, and you're in a serene environment. Now, I'm not telling you to go into the woods unless you want to. We tend to think someone would be out there to kill us. You know how we are. But get out into nature, even if it's just going into your own backyard, sitting on the patio while reading or drinking a cup of tea, listening to the birds chirp, the quietness of your surroundings can be really peaceful. Think about it. It'll be good for you. So those are my five tips for finding your peace. We could all use a little bit of it nowadays. A quick rundown of what those five were. Again, doing what you love, shedding out negativity, doing a little meditation, getting active, and heading out into nature. Finally, I want to highlight a phenomenal woman who is rocking it in the entertainment industry, Miss Ava DuVernier for our Black Excellence segment. Ava DuVernier is a director, writer, producer, you name it, in the film industry. She has given us such gems of Selma in the 13th documentary, as well as the critically acclaimed show, Queen Sugar. She is now filming A Wrinkle in Time for Disney, which allowed her to become the first woman of color who was doing a live action film with a budget over $100 million. Eva DuVernier has done some amazing things since she's launched her film career and has not been afraid to bring others on the journey with her. On the show, Queen Sugar, Ava makes it her business to have women of color as producers for different episodes to allow them the opportunities that Hollywood has historically shut them out of. 
She has been a force in telling our stories, along with a few other notable black men and women, such as Denzel Washington and Oprah Winfrey. In her depiction of Selma, she reimagined what it was to, when they did the march from, from Selma to Montgomery in the 1960s. On the 13th documentary, she discussed the passage of the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution and what that meant for black people in America and how it never abolished slavery. It just changed the form of it. And so she goes into a deep detail about what mass incarceration has become in America. Great documentary on Netflix. I, I highly recommend if you have not seen it to please watch it. It's so amazing. Ava is just beginning and I can't wait to see what she does next. She's the perfect example of the extraordinary talent and abilities that exist within the black community that is not often showcased. Ava DuVernay is black excellence. Thanks for tuning into the show. It's been a jam-packed episode. Stay tuned for our next episode as we talk about the latest in pop culture, politics, and self-care through the lens of our layered beings. We'll continue to bring intersectionality into the conversation. We hope you continue to tune in and lend your voice. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram at SheenaD1 and like our beautifully complicated podcast page on Facebook. Share with your friends and rate us on Google Play and iTunes. Also, check out the social media pages of our friend host for this week's episode, Mario. He can be found on Twitter at Rio Lawan, R-I-O-L-A-J-U-A-N, and Instagram at MLHunt underscore. We'll link to his pages on the Beautifully Complicated Facebook page, so make sure you check it out. Hope you enjoyed the show, and until next time, enjoy your life as a person who is beautifully complicated. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Beautifully Complicated. Take a moment and engage with me on Twitter or Instagram at SheenaD1 and on the Beautifully Complicated podcast Facebook page. I'm looking forward to speaking with you and hearing your thoughts on today's show. Make sure you subscribe and share. See you on the next episode. Until next time, live life as a person who is beautifully complicated. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.